Welcome to Monstrology, episode 24. Uh, I'm Will King. I'm joined, of course, by Madrin McCabe. Madrin, I feel like I often do a kind of, you know, silly thing as an intro. I was like just that. thinking that. I was just like, oh, Will's just being Will right now. This is yeah. very strange. I, I don't do know like what to do voice. with this now. Today, I just decided to be myself. You know, I'm just going to be myself and, I like and try to be authentic to me throughout the day. Um, you know, I, just I love that. Live your live your truth. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to live my truth today. <laughs> um, do you I, I do have a question for you, though, as I yes. often do. And I, I kind of have a weird I have an answer to this, but I don't think mine is really that great. Do you have a celebrity lookalike? Um. I I don't think I do. I think I have like kind of like celebrity ish. Like I have that kind of vibe and that sort of thing. Though mm-hmm. this did happen to me once. It was very strange. It was early in my acting career. I walked into an audition and I was like maybe three steps in the room, and the director behind the table goes, "Dana Delaney," and I was like, "Who?" I'm sorry, what? And he was like. Dana Delaney, you look just like Dana Delaney. And I was like, you mean China Beach Dana Delaney? Because <laughs> of course, I that was the reference that I had for Dana Delaney, despite the fact that she's a lead actor on um, uh, Desperate Housewives. Because, uh-huh. you know, I don't, as know, my pop culture references tend to stick to the 90s. Yeah. Um, no, I've never seen, I've never seen. She, she uh, never Desperate featured Housewives. on Star Trek. No, she hadn't. No, no. But yeah, it was and like the other the other person who was on the panel with him, I think she was the producer or something like that, just kind of gave him this very strange side eye, like, you think this girl and, and at the when I this was I was like early in my career. I was mm-hmm. like 23. This was, I think, maybe in the first dozen auditions of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I went in and yeah, and he was like, You look just like Dana Delaney, who at that point had to have been a good 20 years older than me. <laughs> Wow. Well, let's just say that you you gave off the right level of experience. Yeah. I, I mean, would... she's a very talented, very popular actor. It was certainly not an insult. I was just, it had never occurred to me that I looked at any way like Dana Delaney. Mm-hmm. But sure. How about you? Yeah. Do you have a do, do you think you have a celebrity lookalike? No, but I have like, I feel like when I was younger, I got more like I have different phases. Remember when I was young, younger, it would be like, oh, you could be like a Michael Sarah type person. But I don't think I look that oh, much okay. like Michael Sarah. Or like when I had when I was my long, uh, long haired skateboarding phase, I got a lot of like uh, Justin Bieber's at the time. I remember doing one of those like facial scan things, and it was like Mark Wahlberg, and I was like, no, <laughs> I don't, I don't look like that. Um, to those of you who have never seen my face and only heard me uh, as a voice, I hope you now imagine that my face just looks like a combination of those uh, three people. I mean, um, I guess in like the vagueness of like, uh, you know, a European, young white yeah. European. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like loosely, but I, I think that's kind of the fun thing is I don't know that I do have like a celebrity lookalike. Um, but uh, yeah, today um, we're going to be digging into some people who I think probably have many celebrity lookalikes and probably... Uh, this monster has many uh, just lookalikes in general, uh, because today's monster is doppelgangers.
right, so doppelgangers. I definitely was thinking originally of a doppelganger as kind of like a shapeshifter. But the mm -hmm. more research I did, the more like variation of even what the definition of a doppelganger is. And I've got like seven different versions. <laughs> which seven? Is, yeah, like not necessarily that they're completely different entities, but seven different like understandings of where they come from or interpretations um, that I think all go back to the same root concept. But I was kind of amazed by how much variation. All right. Hit was. me. Hit me with. I want to hear um, this. Well, first, I'm just going to give the general sense right. of uh, doppelganger is comes from German, which is double walker, which is usually someone that looks like someone else, uh, which is going to go very simple into that. Um, the oldest form was, was coined by novelist um, Jean-Paul in 1796, Doppelganger, the one who walks by the side. So it's like not the oldest monster that we've ever covered. I guess it's what? just over 200 years old. Um, but let me take you through the many versions of the doppelganger that I could find. Um, and if we're lucky, maybe we'll find out um, a little bit more about specifics later on. So the first one is, just as I was saying, that uh, doppelgangers are kind of devious shapeshifters that take on the appearance of other humanoids. So this is, I'm just gonna put them in the shapeshifter category. Um, the second, is that they serve as like an evil abstract soul double. So just to be clear, it means like they're not a clone. They're not a shapeshifter. They're just this kind of evil version of your, not even as like a, uh, of who you are. It's like your soul. Does that make sense? Like Maybe, almost like yeah, a, like the, like the evil dark parts of you. Of yeah, your soul, your personality. It's, it's specifically like almost like a spiritual thing. Okay. Um, there's also, and this kind of ties into the third definition that I have, which is that they're um, a demon, and the demon is like um, a sign of doom. Like sometimes people say that, like you, you're going to see this demon, the doppelganger, before you die, and it, it's Ooh. like it's like it, it's just foreshadows like a, your like own a... doom premonition kind of thing yeah it's like oh i was on the ttc today and i saw my own doppelganger that means something terrible is about to happen to me often my own death and that's mm. like a, also kind of like a spiritual mystic doppelganger but it's not tied to the soul it's just like a experience that you have that that foreshadows your own doom almost um, like almost like pre-deja vu yes it is kind of like like you like because deja vu is when you think that you have experienced something before, but this uh -huh. sounds like it's more like you have a premonition of something that you are going to experience. Yeah, but it is like still like you run into yourself. Like I don't know that you have a conversation, oh, okay. but it's okay. like you see the demon that just like the demon appears and I guess it pops up into your life. And I don't know if they cause the doom or they just yeah foreshadow the doom hmm. um the fourth one that i have is that they're a basically a type of ghost and this is very like um prevalent in gothic literature that they're specifically like a phantom or a specter so i guess in this sense like you couldn't touch them whereas like the demon is a physical matter um and like i don't know the soul is a different thing a shapeshifter is a different thing anyway so the idea that of a ghost is interesting um 
The fifth one, which I have thought of, but I wouldn't have thought of necessarily as a doppelganger originally, is there's a theory that doppelgangers are other versions of us from other timelines. So, like, there's versions of us traveling through a number of different dimensions or, like, warp holes in time, and it's like somebody's popped up from another timeline in our own timeline, and, like, they're just either, I guess, time traveling or dimension traveling, so it is literally you, but from another universe. I mean, this yeah, is very yeah. like, like like we're on Earth six oh six. Yeah, I was about right? to say. It's... <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's this it's the Spider Verse thing, right? Of yeah. like you know, there's a whole bunch of alternate versions uh, of do- wills yeah, in different into the, universes. Into the metaverse with Doctor yeah, Strange. Into the yep. doppelgangers. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was really cool because it does make sense that doppelgangers would like. It's a nice way to think about how their origins exist. Um, there is another one. Now, this is more of like a psychology um, understanding of where the um, doppelganger like appears to us. Um, there's there's something called um, autoscopy uh, or or autoscopy, which is um, it's a component of the like it's a neurological explanation of the doppelganger which is basically characterized by seeing one's double at a distance. And it's often associated with um, schizophrenia, brain damage, or epilepsy. And um, sometimes if you have uh, like a specific damage in the brain, it can cause these kind of profound hallucinations. Um, And this has also been correlated with like intense religious visions. Now, this is interesting because I found also a bunch of stories of famous people seeing doppelgangers at important moments in their life like there's mm-hmm. one of abraham lincoln seeing one i think at like an inauguration like i think and they were saying he was like so stressed that his brain like he thought he saw himself in the crowd or there's one where i think it's like elizabeth the first saw one right before she died and the idea to me that your brain right before you die is malfunctioning to the degree that you're hallucinating that you would see yourself kind of makes sense in a way that it would be uh, something that we're projecting out. If, if you're able to have such an extreme hallucination that it could be some sort of like echo within the, within the brain. Um, yeah. I was reading a kind of similar thing, like Percy Shelley, who is Mary Shelley's husband mm-hmm. um, before, uh, sorry, it was about a week after she almost, she had a miscarriage and she almost died from it. And about mm-hmm. a week after that, he had, a, a vision of himself um within uh, within their house collapsing in a flood oh wow yeah so you're right like it, it seems like it comes on in these very intensely stressful times in people's mm-hmm. lives and then the last one that i found um which isn't necessarily like completely different but that they are like sophisticated and dangerous parasites like they have a parasitic relationship mm. to their host and they uh, live off the labors of others. So they're um, basically kind of like clever, effective spies and assassins that can wreak like political mayhem on positions of power. So basically a doppelganger could exist to like study and work their way up the monarchy, right? So they basically take on the form of... I don't know, a squire and then work their way up to taking over the knight and then work their way of taking over the king. And then by the time you realize what's happened, the doppelganger has already put himself into a position where they don't have to work. 
like they they'll take over an entire kingdom and that it could be something that like an evil wizard would use doppelgangers to um place them in positions of power to gain control over an entire kingdom which i think oh. is really interesting too that they're like they're used for like just yeah this idea that they're almost like spies used for like conquering whole lands of people um so you're saying that maybe the newly crowned king charles is a doppelganger who has risen to the highest rank of power in europe could be is maybe now feeding off of the labor of the average uk member totally could be yeah i mean the the hard thing with that is we wouldn't know at what point he ceased to be himself and became a doppelganger because Mm. you know that doppelganger would have had to i think make its way to king charles but you never know I mean, uh, the queen could have been a doppelganger. Anyone in that family could have been a doppelganger. But I mean, but you said like there are lots of people who work at Buckingham Palace, like mm-hmm. average, common, the common people, right? Exactly. So, like you said, like maybe first it was somebody who worked in the stables because yes. we all know, like, like they like their horses, right? And then maybe it was a butler, and mm-hmm. then maybe it was you know his attaché, his speechwriter, something like that. And maybe then, it was the, know... the the corgi trainer. Could have know? been the corgis. Could have ah! been the corgis. I don't know if a doppelganger, usually a doppelganger is specifically humanoid, that I have found a fair amount of consistency with that, that it doesn't go into animals unless maybe it was in the shape-shifting category, but it could have been someone related to the corgis because the corgis are everywhere. Or maybe Cor- Yeah, P- I mean, they have PR. handlers. They have yeah. handlers. And we all know it's well-documented how much the queen loved her corgis. Exactly. So, so that could be a real weak whoever... spot, right? Yeah, whoever was in charge of of taking care of the corgis would definitely have a lot of one-on-one time with her. Now, it's too bad that we don't have inside access to some of the queen's final days as well, because maybe she saw the doppelganger, you know, and that brought upon uh, this change of power. Could have been, maybe. hey, maybe we stumbled upon something very important. I mean, I've heard crazier conspiracy theories about the royal (laughs) family, so there you go. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, I've got a bit more in terms of like interest on the psychology, but as you often do, Madrid, do you have some um, doppelgangers from around the world, different I, uh, cultures? I do, yeah. I do think, I also, I just wanted to say too, I think it's really interesting that doppelganger is a compound German word. Mm-hmm. And so when I was going into my research on this, I was like, oh, I'm going to find so many versions of a German doppelganger. And I couldn't find any specific no reference to one which is so it's interesting that it is a german word and it's kind of in some german literature but there isn't like there aren't i thought for sure i was going to go in and find a whole bunch of articles about sightings over the years and how like the doppelganger is a german mythological creature that has been plaguing the german people for Mm -hmm. generations and i found nothing well, I think the thing is kind of, as I was saying, there's so much variation. Like the word itself is simple enough that it can be applied to so many scenarios. Like when we get into pop culture, I find it's quite far reaching. Even what, what you define applies to be a doppelganger. Like I'm going through lists of movies about doppelgangers, me being like, I don't think that qualifies as a doppelganger. I don't think this does or whatever. So um, yeah, I agree. Like I, I didn't find any... I could only find like variations on a doppelganger. I don't mm-hmm. have that kind of core doppelganger info, you know? It's like there's just many different versions. But anyway, talk mm-hmm. us through some of the ones yes. that you found. Uh I found one in Irish 
folklore called a fetch, uh-huh. which I just thought, amused yeah. me to no end because I was like, oh my God, they're going to make fetch happen. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> so yes, the fetch is an exact spectral double of a living human. So that mm. I think goes to the like type of ghost version that, of doppelgangers that you were mm. talking about. So they are an exact spectral double of a living human being. And usually their appearance is regarded as ominous. Mm-hmm. It's generally taken as... Uh, a sign of the double's looming death. Mm-hmm. Though, apparently, there is one particular version of it that if the double is seen in the morning instead of in the evening, that actually means that it is a sign of a long life to come. Oh, For the person that they are doubling. Yeah, it's rather... But if the fetch yeah. comes at night, that means that your time is quite limited. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, apparently. Mm. Uh, and then I thought, no, this wasn't really exactly a doppelganger thing but i think i wanted to bring it in because i think it speaks to the um abstract soul version of the doppelgangers that you were talking about i was reading a little bit about in ancient egyptian um practice the the body was divided up into several different parts like there are different parts of of a of a person that make them up so like there's Mm -hmm. your actual physical body there's your personality there's your power and things like that and so it seems like the egyptian version of kind of in that soul spiritual way is the ka Mm. because it is the your double Mm -hmm. or your vital essence Mm part of it um and so oftentimes people think of the egyptian ka as the that kind of version of your doppelganger is that mm. um yeah like they're they're the soul double version of you the spiritual double of you but it doesn't have any connotation of it being positive or negative it's just kind of a- no it's just it's kind of like your essence but um I was given the impression that they they give lots of or they gave lots of weight and importance to it because um like that is the distinct difference between a living and a dead person because death truly occurs when the ka leaves the body. And so it's mm. like an actual physical double that that's what I mean is like that is like the the soul essence part of you leaving the body but that is like a copy of you Mm -hmm. if that all makes sense yeah Yeah. it this kind of ties into something that i found as well so i think it's a good time to bring it up there's um there's a swiss uh psychiatrist uh, carl jung who's like a former friend and collaborator of sigmund freud so you know what territory we're getting into here but um basically he conceived of this idea that kind of like the soul we have like a a dark side referred to as the shadow, like we have a shadow self. Um, mm-hmm. And that basically the shadow is the sum of all personal and collective psychic elements, um, which because of their incompatibility of the chosen conscious attitude are denied expression in life. So let me just like distill that down to something simpler, which is basically it's a shadow version of you that exists to be all of the things that we cannot be because of like the ethics of who we are. So for example, like we will not kill because killing is immoral and we know it to be not something that we do. 
So the shadow version of us would probably be a killer amongst other things. And all of the things that we would decide not to do because of the like climate that we exist in becomes this shadow version of ourself. And that could be a doppelganger. So I guess they are specifically like, it's not so much that they are evil, but they are all the things that we can't do. Like all of the dark impulses that are hidden uh, or denied by us which is okay okay and that that's maybe like where that kind of the i because i've also heard a lot or i shouldn't say a lot but also one of my impressions of a doppelganger is that they are the evil twin version of you yeah yeah Yeah. i I, like they 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 exist in the darkest timeline you know (laughs) Um, yeah uh, yeah yeah. uh Uh, and then yeah there was one more that i wanted to talk about and it's cool because we kind of brought this up a little bit earlier beforehand is that in scandinavian folklore i'm probably going to butcher this word because it's in norwegian it's the vardoger okay um it's basically deja vu in reverse where the vardoger is the spirit of you it and it can mimic like your footsteps or your voice or your shadow or just kind of like the overall essence of you but it precedes you in a location or activity so people will think so like uh for example say somebody is sitting at home and they hear the door open and close assuming it's you coming home from the grocery store but then when they you know they go to the door and like oh there's nobody there or like you know you're sitting reading a book and you think that you see a shadow out of the corner of your eye and you're like oh that's my buddy came over but then you look and it, they aren't there. But then not long after that, the person really truly does arrive. Oh, so it's cool. almost like, yeah. So it's like it's like the opposite of deja vu. It's like your Verdoger appears to somebody before you it's like get a there. Foreshadowing <laughs> echo. Like it's the thing. Yeah. So you kind of know, oh, I saw. Yeah, yeah. That that, that would be kind of useful, actually a little bit maddening but because then you would never be surprised by anything if you were surrounded by this you could really well, strategize I don't, yeah, your I don't life. think that it's i don't think it's something that like constantly plagues people or anything like mm-hmm. that but it'll be something like oh i'm i'm sitting here knowing that like oh my husband's gonna come home for dinner probably in the next hour or so and mm-hmm. so i think that i hear his footsteps on the front porch coming up the house mm-hmm. but that's actually his verdoger and then oh. like half an hour later he will actually arrive now is the verdoger ominous like is it is it foreshadowing uh like negative things or is it just no it, it has yeah particular. it has a far less sinister implication it really is just more like it's almost like sending your spiritual self ahead of you to announce that you are going to do something. Oh, cool. And and oftentimes most examples of that I, I've found of these things are quite mundane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's things like, oh yeah, I thought I heard the front door open and close, but it was actually my friend's Verdogan. Oh, that's <laughs> right? interesting. It, I mean, it, it's it never like, be... oh, I, I saw my friend's Verdogan murder someone. You it know? could also it's be really one of those quite... things where like, people are trying to justify strange like this strange kind of premonition they had too i mean we're sometimes yeah. we can just justify it for ourselves of course we know it's the verdogan but it could be just your brain like sometimes you know when there's too many coincidences where you're just like well that like it can't be possible that enough people start talking about it and then describe it as an entity um 
Anywho, uh, <laughs> so we've got so many versions of the doppelganger here. We have this kind of spiritual soul. We have more of a demon. We have shapeshifters. We have a monster. We have the versions from the darkest timelines. Uh, we have our like political uh, troublemakers, our echoes after and before. Madrin, I did. I, I thought I had a lead for a doppelganger. So I, I, we'll see. I, I think they might they might show up. I like I still kind of put it out there. I sent an intern into the wild. It seemed positive. And then I just heard this real kind of um, just, uh, you know, radio silence. So uh, hmm. we'll see by our third segment if they come by. I have no idea of their name. And let's just uh, keep our fingers crossed that that occurs. Um, but we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll be digging into some pop culture. All right, so there's a bunch of doppelganger uh, content uh, available just because I think it sits really well in pop culture and it seems mm -hmm. to be really popular right now. Um, I think it's a concept that lends itself really well to film. So I'll just dive into film first. Um, the first one that I thought of was a film that I've seen uh, quite a long time ago, but I love um, by Denis Villeneuve called Enemy. And uh, basically it tells the story of a troubled history professor who like while watching a film discovers an actor who is physically identical to himself um and the two lives begin to like intertwine and blur the boundaries of who they are it's filmed in toronto it's got jake gyllenhaal it was filmed like at the same time as they did another movie called prisoners and it's like a good example of denis villeneuve doing the like one for them one for me like, I mean, Prisoners is great, too. I think they're both good movies, but they both have Jake Gyllenhaal. And so he used Jake Gyllenhaal in this, like, more indie, uh, smaller, probably budget movie about um, uh, doppelgangers at the same time as this kind of holiday. Not holiday. Um, it's, like, very dark. I, it's, <laughs> I don't know what word I was searching for. This oh, Hollywood, I think it's uh, this, like, Hollywood movie about, like, basically, like, an abduction and this, like, father who, like, loses his mind. Anyway, Denis Villeneuve is great. Both of those movies are filmed in Toronto and it's got this amazing poster of like a cityscape of Toronto that was my Twitter banner for a very long time and like this giant like imposing spider that's based off a sculpture that was in the distillery district for a while. Anyway, that's the first thing that popped up to me. If you oh. haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil that movie. The hard thing with I think so many of these movies is sometimes the twist of so many things is that someone is a doppelganger and that one it's pretty clear at the beginning that like you're like oh as soon as they see like the the person there the kind of the cat's out of the bag but um i really love that film um i also like watched a couple of movies specifically for it and in terms of that uh i i saw us which is one of jordan peele's oh films. yeah I, yeah i was gonna talk about that too but yeah. go for it well let's jump into it because basically yeah i think it's an amazing example of doppelgangers for so many reasons um it absolutely hits that idea of like the shadow version of us like the i think the tethered in that movie um really represents the dark side of that i mean there's a part yeah. where you know um uh like the the mother's asking the like the tethered version of herself who are you and she's like oh we're americans so i think it also reflects kind of this like shadow version of themselves i mean it gets into its own kind of like logic and mechanics but like in an abstract way it's like 
is a reflection of who they are. Um, yeah. And like, I don't know. They're definitely, they're not in, in this version. They're not shapeshifters. They're not spirits. Um, they're very much, I wouldn't even say that they're demons, but it they're, they have like an underground root and all this like, funny yeah like i I, well i think to actually reveal what they exactly are might be a bit of a giveaway of one of the main twists yeah but i mean (laughs) the premise say what they are the premise certainly at the beginning is you know like these this family is being um stalked and like attacked by exact replicas of themselves um and it's like just scary inherently as what it is like I think it really works as a horror film like a lot of these kind of genre films do different things like I saw Jordan Peele's newest film Nope which is awesome but I don't think it's as scary it's meant to be more of like a Spielbergian movie um but this one I was just like oh there's sequences of this that was like scary like it's just uh very imposing yeah I, yeah, I was gonna like in us the doppelgangers also seem to have some unique abilities that are specific i don't know if it makes them specific to the person that they are the copy of or if it's Mm. specific to them like there's the the one kid's character like can double everything that the kid does and he's also like a pyromaniac yeah um and and so that seems specific to that copy of that person yeah they're very clearly like made to they're not just a visual copy they also are very much a copy of their identity like and a um like a refraction like they're not quite the same they're not just like a straight return like they're a new version of a similar person so like the main character adelaide um which is um lupita Lupita! yeah she's amazing in that movie but like her like they talk at the very beginning that like she when she was a child was like an amazing like dancer and so her double seems to have like an amazing ability to just like not get hit by anything you know like there's this like incredible um like dance at play um with the way that they move yeah Um, and like the the sun realizes that his doppelganger mirrors everything that he does and so that's actually how they end up escaping from that one um, at one point is that he tricks his doppelganger into like hurting itself because Mm -hmm. he's copying what he's doing like move for move Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's the the thing i mean because we can't spoil the ending but it's just like there's such a great um I don't know, just like the the utility that they have in terms of like presenting one another that they like communicate differently, like their language is slightly different, but they, yeah, just like the knowledge that they have is um, kind of extraordinary, but they all are just like very skilled killers. Like they're definitely menacing doppelgangers. These are not like doppelgangers that you want to run into. These are <laughs> doppelgangers that have been uh, planning for the entirety of your life like that i think is like established as well like the the main character basically runs into a doppelganger of herself in a house of mirrors as a small child and then is like traumatized basically and so by the time that you see them again you know that they've been alive for the same time right so there's been a lot of planning that's gone into this methodical kind of like takedown of the family that is 
uh, unsettling and like this idea that like it's always been like an ominous dark cloud like hanging over top of them and even like the beginning of the film takes place like daytime in a beach and it does a really great kind of like there's a Hitchcockian suspense to like you know that she shouldn't go back here like they go back to the same location of her trauma and even though it's like a nice bright sunny day you're like nothing about this is good like you're just waiting for the like the penny to drop um anyways that was great I definitely feel like it ticks a lot of boxes in terms I think it's the the best example that I have in terms of doppelgangers like hitting a lot of the um benchmarks that we had and um the last one that I watched like specifically for this so there's other movies and things and tv but um I watched a film called Moon that's got Sam Rockwell um it's Ooh. a science fiction film and basically the idea is there's a guy his name is also Sam but it's got Sam Rockwell in it and he's on a space expedition on the moon and basically they've set up a way so that earth is like 70 or 80 percent renewable energy now um but you realize that he's been you know he's been there for a long time and apparently he's only supposed to be there for three years and at the end of three years they come and they're going to take him back to earth and basically he's on a a three-year contract to work on the moon um and like he's just like got like a a robot which is very like 2001 that's just just him and this robot doing the work and um at a certain point i don't think this is a spoiler because it's kind of more like midpoint is the movie but like he gets into a crash and when he wakes up there's another version of him in the ship and he's like what are you like what are you doing here and one's definitely like fresh and the other one is kind of like beaten down by the three years of their like what they've been working on and I mean Sam Rockwell is a great actor I won't say specifically which version of the doppelganger it is because I feel like that would ruin it but um it definitely plays into like you start getting these various versions of this character and it, it it asks i think a question of like agency of um does a doppelganger get to be a complete person or are they dependent on somebody else like if if your doppelganger imagine was like created is that doppelganger like a whole entity of their own or do they only exist in relation to you or like did they exist before like i think which is a question that can define what type of doppelganger we're talking about because there is evidence for other ones depending on the like the pop culture they pop up in anyway yeah like are they a true cop like copy of you or are they their own personality their own entity separate from you and you just happen to have the exact same physical yeah and like what's your responsibility to them too which i think is interesting like yeah, I mean, like, you didn't necessarily create them or whatever, but you're you're tied together. So there is something to be said for that that I think plays into some of the other films you're talking about as well. Anyway, those are kind of some, like, movie versions that I think are definitely all worth checking out. Um, Enemy, Us, and Moon. Highly recommend all three. <laughs> um, there's also uh, a film called The Prestige, which I've seen a long time ago, which deals with a lot of doppelgangery things. Um which yeah again, i saw the prestige it's yeah. okay yeah you don't like it i mean i think it's it's an earlier chris nolan film i think it's really fun it's obviously like a star-studded movie but my debate 
is just whether it fully qualifies as like a doppelganger. Yeah, I'm not really maybe. sure it's truly a doppelganger. But again, when I was yeah. looking at kind of these, this is the like, again, I can't really do this without spoiling that entire movie about defining what isn't isn't a doppelganger. <laughs> um, but I, I don't think it fully qualifies in that film as being like a monster in the way that we're looking at it. Like I'm specifically looking for kind of the supernatural Mm, not necessarily demonic but like something otherworldly in relationship to doppelgangers which i don't know if that movie fully qualifies but nonetheless it's a very popular film that that will will you might stumble upon when you're digging into this yes um there's some great examples in tv i don't know if you want to mm -hmm. dig into any any other oh, movies before we jump hands in. down my favorite example in television is the mirror universe in star trek Oh yeah. Okay. I love it so much because I, in my memory, almost every single Star Trek entity has had at least one mirror universe episode. Mm -hmm. It was originally introduced in the original series, like with Shatner and, and Leonard Nimoy and all that. And essentially it's in that vein of like, that there are other universes in which there are other versions of us. And essentially it's like, most places, people, ships, things like that, that exist in our prime universe also mm -hmm. exist in the mirror universe. But essentially it is the antithesis in terms of personality. Like instead of the Federation, which is a collective of people who came together to work for the collective good of all of their species, <laughs> uh, the Terran Empire has taken over most it's of the universe. called Terran? Like Terran? Terran. Yeah, that's great. No, Terran like Terra like Earth. Yeah, it just sounds, but it's just. Sounds but yeah, like but terror. but basically, it's like it's they are all the dark, evil versions mm. of everybody. Like so, while in our the Star Trek that we all know and love, when the Federation is one of the most prime uh, entities in the universe, and they endow or, or, or embody things like altruism and kindness mm -hmm. and working for the greater good. The mirror universe is all about selfishness, cruelty, taking as much as you can. Everybody will stab each other in the back. Um, it's a pro-capitalism yeah. regime. But there are versions of it in the original series. We get to see it in um, DS9. There's a huge storyline of it, actually, in Discovery. Um, mm. In the second season, third season, to the point where, like, one of the people from the Terran Empire actually then becomes a main character in a mm. subsequent season on Discovery. Um, and it's just so much fun to watch all of these actors who, for the most of the time, play these very lovable, kind uh, brave characters and they get mm -hmm. like as soon as they put on the costume which is almost always black leather because for whatever reason in the Terran Empire everybody likes to wear black leather and like a lot of dark eyeliner mm -hmm. um, and they just get to act like their most bad selfish and you can tell all of the actors just have so much fun with it because they get to indulge in these really snidely whiplash you know twisting their mustache evil versions of their characters and it's mm. really so much fun to watch yeah <laughs> um, and so that's one of those like that there are other versions of ourselves in other universe kind mm -hmm. of doppelganger things which is just so much fun oh speaking of tv and speaking of uh evil versions of ourselves from other universes uh 
evil Abed comes to mind yeah, from Community. We're getting, um, well, which, everybody uh, is not in to, the dark. Not to fully date our episodes, because I like that people can re- listen to them anytime. But for those of you who are listening right now, they just announced <laughs> they're doing a Community movie they're this week. They're finally so doing a movie. Super, super excited about that. We're situation. finally getting our six seasons in a movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, yeah I the think idea it's... that they've opened up all these different timelines on Community and that you get evil versions of the characters, which are literally like twirling mustache, uh, timeline altering terrible human beings in, in a fun way well and uh, that when abed decides that they're in the darkest timeline he makes them all paper goatees yes <laughs> <laughs> because that's what you do when you're evil is that you have a goatee <laughs> uh, I brought, but i like to think that like the evilest abed is not as evil as the evilest version of other people too right like no. i think they've opened at least like six timelines in that one episode of the like the parallel universe theory that yeah. takes place at the party and like evil Troy is not like as evil as some other people like there I guess that's just the nature of that show is it's an optimistic show I'd say on the on, on the whole but it is a really fun just because that those characters are ordinarily so sweet watching the, the actors get to just be like troublemaking shit disturbers is really satisfying. It's so much fun well and that yeah that's what's so satisfying about watching any of the mirror universe episodes of any one particular star trek franchise is that they just get to be the most ridiculously evil troublemaking versions yeah. of themselves which is so i feel fun. like like doppelgangers and like all of that is just like it's a great like joy as an actor to play alternate versions of the same character like it's like i yeah. obviously that the, the play that i wrote like i featured a, a character that was like a series of clones so that i it's it's very fun to break the expectation that you've set up to just be able to bounce back and forth um and i think it's um, like an inherently like interesting thing to watch there's a really great episode of um buffy the vampire slayer that does a similar thing as well too is that there's one character who wishes that buffy never came to sunnydale right and by doing that creates this alternate universe in which buffy never came to sunnydale but of course Mm. without having a slayer they sit on a hellmouth, and so a whole bunch of like awful terrible things have happened to the people Mm. um and so we get to see the dark timeline versions of some of our favorite characters like um in in Buffy, her best friend is Willow, who is this mm-hmm. very sweet, loving, uh, very heart-centered character. But in this darkest timeline, she has been turned into a vampire who is like the most badass, evil, selfish. And like, actually, the thing that was most interesting about it is that um, as kind of a throwaway thing, they made her, her vampire version of herself like really far more uh in touch with her sexual side and even like kind of explores um like bisexuality and a little bit like it's kind of implied that she's either bisexual or maybe she's even lesbian or something Mm -hmm. like that and so by the end of the episode like they've resolved the whole situation and our real very lovely willow um who saw her, uh, you know this other version of herself was like I think maybe my other self might be gay <laughs> and then it was really interesting because as the series went on they came to develop the character of Willow as a lesbian and she was mm-hmm. one of like the first scripted um out gay characters on TV mm. at the time and so it was it was kind of interesting so I was like oh I wonder if they were doing that as a foreshadowing thing or they saw just the potential of this character and what that might be is like an underlying thing for her. And perhaps they wanted to explore it more. So it's just kind of interesting. It was almost like a callback to itself. Although I don't mean to provide any like, uh, 
you know, evil in this, which is not what I'm thinking of. But like we talked about, there's the consciousness of some doppelgangers or the things that you want to act upon that you cannot. So the idea that like your sexuality is something that like society isn't letting you do, that your shadow would be uninhibited by that is interesting that your doppelganger would possess that kind of... um, yeah, feeling or existence. I think that's kind of Yeah, cool. and it was interesting because like the quote unquote good version of Willow recognized that in her quote unquote evil self and was like, huh, that's interesting. Maybe I should look into that for me. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, uh, so I just following I, I just the um the uh Al- Allison Hannigan supremacy. Um there's also on How I Met Your Mother, all of the like lookalikes, like every character their has their own yeah. doppelgangers out in the world that do like different professions or whatever um so that like definitely ties in and by like the time the series is wrapped you've seen every single version of them getting to play because i think probably one of them got to do it and they're like i want to do one too and so the writers eventually just let let everyone i think it's supposed to have been a fun thing to think of yeah like ted's doppelganger too. is a mexican luchador yes <laughs> and marshall's just has a mustache like that's just the thing that makes him unique <laughs> i'm pretty sure lily's is a stripper right Yes, Lidley's is a stripper. Like a Russian stripper. Uh, Robbins is just kind of a butch type lesbian. They uh-huh. didn't really define her as much of a person. And not then Canadian, Barney's, though? Not Canadian. No, yeah. I don't think so. And then Barney's is a doctor, I think. that they. Oh, he's a totally <laughs> nice, yeah, reasonable guy. That's oh, part wait, of it, don't too. They, is... Don't they meet him because Lily and Marshall are having trouble getting pregnant and so they go to go see a doctor about it and it turns out to be barney's doppelganger yeah but they keep thinking that it's barney but they keep like, thinking it's really barney yeah, yeah yeah, yeah because yeah. It, that, that he's putting on some sort of like long elaborate yeah. um plan anyway yeah so um they they do it like that's the kind of doppelganger that we talk about which actually we didn't talk about this but there is definitely all of these theories and there's so many articles online where it's like uh, the average doppelganger is like one in a trillion or there's other articles that they're like there's eight people in the world that look exactly like you because of your DNA but anyway your doppelganger is not common but just the idea that everyone has one somewhere out in the world is interesting so I think that's what they're playing with which is like the common idea that there's someone you just will never meet them because of like probability um, which is kind of like uh, I mean I guess it falls into the same category as soulmates but i think people tend to find their soulmate more easily than their doppelganger um yeah there's also uh a, a character on the boys called doppelganger who is a shapeshifter who exists to like sometimes he does certain things uh like to like leverage power in the shapeshifting sense there's like the like weird like heap of like he's like a kind of a gross shape-shifting guy that like fulfills like sexual needs for like homelander based off like what mm-hmm. Vought is asking them to do i mean like that's obviously a darker world right but like he's just the seedy like the idea that like you wouldn't need a escort like doppelganger would come with you to be whoever it is that you needed to be arriving somewhere with it's just like ugh. He's just like a, it's like a CD superhero. I mean, a lot of the bot ones are, but I don't know. Doppelganger is particularly like, it's not a, um, they do not utilize that power for good, I would say, in that show. <laughs> no. Um, no. Yeah. Um, there's a few different, like, pretty well-known uh, books and pieces of literature that I think, um, like, file into doppelgangers as well. 
uh, Dostoevsky's The Double is like a very famous version of establishing what uh, a doppelganger is. And basically, like it presents the doppelganger as an opposite personality who exploits like the character's failings and like starts taking over the protagonist's life. Like that's the basic idea of it. And that factors into um, Denis Villeneuve's film Enemy that I was talking about before. There's also a film version uh, I mean, there's probably a few, but there was recently one, I think, with Jesse Eisenberg that came out a few years ago, also is called The Double. Um, there is a short story um, by Edgar Allan Poe uh, called William Wilson. Um, and in this tale, the main character meets his doppelganger as a child. He's followed by the copy um, who causes trouble in the character's life. And then when the main character tries to do evil or unethical things, the doppelganger tries to stop him. But in a rage, the protagonist kills his doppelganger and realizes it's a reflection of his own self, which is, I mean, Edgar Allan Poe's good at that stuff. But apparently at one point he would feel like Edgar Allan Poe said that he was visited by his doppelganger, which is a very Edgar Allan Poe thing to do. <laughs> that guy is like always surrounded by like a dark, ominous cloud of trauma. I think he used to seem like a very well, and, like, and also wasn't there man. like a liberal amount of opium in his life? <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess that's probably <laughs> like... part of it, too. Um but actually, when I heard that story, it reminded me a lot about us. Um, not to say, oh, but yeah. just like the idea that there's like two children in this kind of like back and forth that have like known about each other since they were young. Like, I, I think that this story, uh, the short story by Edgar Allan Poe seems to definitely be in the DNA that Jordan Peele was playing from. Um, and the last, which again, also ends up being a, like a TV show and a novel is um, Stephen King's book, The Outsider which I'm mm -hmm. sorry, this is just ends up being kind of a spoiler because for at least for the TV show, because they're very vague about it when they do the earlier stuff. But like basically the antagonist creature thing is able to use like the DNA of individuals to become their near perfect match um, through like a sci-fi style ability to transform physically. Like we're looking at the shapeshifter version of that. And um, they start calling it a doppelganger because they don't know what else to call it. Like it's, it's, um, I guess the Stranger Things where everyone sees the scary thing and they're like, well, what do we call it? Well, when we find our own like D&D &D manuals, like it's just a fight as this. Um, so they start like thinking about it as a, um, a doppelganger and they use like that that historical context to try to figure out what to do about it. Um, yeah, so I just think all of those pieces of literature are like very well-known um, like touchstones for doppelgangers that we can we can use. I read a book fairly recently that I I think uh, counts as, as a doppelganger. Uh, I'll I'll tell you about it and then you can tell me if, if this counts or not. It's okay. called The Humans okay. by Matt Haig. Um, and the premise is that there is this brilliant mathematician professor who has solved this um this mathematic equation that apparently mm -hmm. is unsolvable. And they don't uh, actually say exactly what the, the answer is but essentially the implication is that like it will radically change humanity if mm. this ever gets published and so this alien species realizes this and need decide that humanity should not have this equation and so send somebody who is an exact copy of this professor to kill him mm. and kill anybody else who might know anything about the fact that he has solved this formula so like and so has to investigate his life a bit so he ends up getting away with killing the professor pretty easily 
and but then has to kind of live his life a little bit to see Mm -hmm. do his colleagues know does his family know things like that and it's really interesting because at first this alien is absolutely disgusted by everything about humanity he thinks it's disgusting the way that they look what they eat that they have to bathe the way that they treat each other like he sees depictions of war on tv and things like that Mm -hmm. um But as he lives this professor's life more and more, he actually ends up kind of falling in love with humanity and specifically ends up falling in love with the professor's family. He's got a wife and a son Mm. who we come to realize the real professor was not kind to like he was cheating on his wife and like basically ignoring his teenage son and didn't really give much thought to him and things like that, too. But in learning how to be human, this alien falls in love with humanity as a whole but also with the family to the point where he gives like he he voluntarily gives up being uh an alien as part of this Mm. utopian race that he is part of so that he can live out his life as this character and so it's really interesting because um a lot of matt haig's work is about seeing the beauty in the everyday yeah um, he, well he i loved very, um the midnight library which I think yeah he, he talks like, he talks very openly about how when he was young he went through a, a terrible period of depression and he was suicidal for a long time and just how long it took him to find his way back from that and so as part of his ongoing recovery and, and part of his mental health a lot of his work is about finding the joy in the mundane mm-hmm. and in the everyday part of this so it's really beautiful actually i i quite enjoyed this book reading about oh what would an outsider's perspective of humanity mm-hmm. like about the mundane and about the ridiculousness of, of human beings right like part mm-hmm. of um one of the best things is about the way that the the alien describes just how ugly human beings are. Because <laughs> if you think about it, right, like we all have like our noses. Noses oh, are weird. Noses are so weird. Like why this big they, protruding they just, thing on the front of our face? Not all the time. They're just dripping. Well, and like this lumpy, weird, protruding thing on the front of our faces, and like, and th- and that we have to eat. Like, if you really think like, about it, there's like weird bones in our mouth. Yeah. Deep. Well, and even like if you think about it, digestion and and waste production is disgusting. Oh, it's 100%. horrible. <laughs> but that he thinks after a while, he's he, like he's so turned off by it. But after a while, he's like, oh, I guess humanity doesn't completely suck you know what mm-hmm. i mean like he really finds love like he he falls in love with listening to the talking heads <laughs> and, he, and he reads poetry and like yeah. it's just like oh it's just so beautiful i oh, yeah so I, I usually enjoy matt haig's books yeah i just think he has such like a lovely i mean i guess an insight into despair but like such a lovely like optimism that perspective um, of it yeah yeah i just think he's such like um an interesting viewpoint and so i, I also found really a immersive. uh I found a song called okay. Doppelganger. Um, I do. Uh, so here's the thing, right? I, when I was first reading about it, I was like, no, I have no idea who this guy is. So apparently it is uh, Joshua Bassett, okay. who is a star of High School Musical. Oh, okay. Who is, who is apparently, this is why where this song came from and why like the younger generation will find this very interesting. He is Olivia Rodrigo's ex-boyfriend. Oh, wow. So this song Doppelganger, it's heavily implied that it is about Olivia Rodrigo. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, essentially, like the, the lyrics of the song are about how, oh, I saw 
I saw your doppelganger in our favorite coffee shop and I thought it was you and I was excited to talk to you, but then it turns out to not be you. Mm. And like, it's all oh, about the drama. Oh, the drama, right? Like, yeah. you, know, you know, it's how this is his version of their split and, you know, mm. it's things like that. Like, <laughs> it's just, but, and the, and the lyrics are really, yeah, they're really sweet about how like, oh, and she was wearing the same yellow dress that you wore when we were on our first date mm -hmm. and, you know, things like that. So it's obvious, it's just like, oh gen z <laughs> yeah well it's just like it's just the earnest like poetic yes. uh viewpoint of a young person you know like that's just like the time of your life i'm sure it is like yeah uh fun and interesting it's like the tmz of songwriting where you're like here's an inside scoop of uh <laughs> their uh their lifestyle um there's a bunch of video games that I found. Um, my favorite out of this list uh, is probably Shadow the Hedgehog in Sonic the Hedgehog, which is just the opposite of Sonic in every way. Sonic is like uh, blue and white and I guess red is not the opposite of blue, but Shadow is like red and black. I remember it was in like um, one of the video games and like it's just basically a hedgehog that Robotnik has created that have like pure evil to take down sonic but eventually like there's some sort of compassion he like questions his own existence and all these things that he understands he ex exists to be the opposite of him um, Wow, that seems very existential for a child's video game honestly it's like i can't remember it was for the gamecube i should look up with specific uh sonic like uh shadow appears in other stories like he appears now in like the tv and all the video games but i remember it in one of the GameCube games, there's this whole sequence of him, like, trying to, like, blow up the moon and all this stuff. It's like, oh. anyway, um, yeah, there's also um, Legend of Zelda has Dark Link. Now, the fun thing about Dark Link is he has no explanation. He's just, like, an uh, enemy at the end of Zelda 2. It's just Link, but evil. He's just and you there. gotta fight four <laughs> of them. And it's, like, a cool character design. Uh, but honestly, I kind of I kind of dig that. Because you don't have to overthink it. It's just very clearly doppelganger of Link. That is evil. Evil Link with scary eyes. Uh, and it's great for, like, fighter games that um, sometimes there's an evil Link version that you could play as. I know it, like... You know, sometimes that's the fun... That's the fun thing. And it's, like, it's just... It's the evil version of you. You gotta fight at the end. Yes, exactly. Like you don't it. have to build a whole world out of it. Like, that's the thing is sometimes the doppelgangers just make sense in and of themselves. Like, it's just that's that's all it is um there's yeah i guess we, we talk about this for video games sometimes just like with boss monsters like they don't need a whole backstory sometimes you just encounter them and you have to defeat them and then it's over um there's uh in castlevania symphony of night specifically there's an enemy boss just known as doppelganger which is the doppelganger of alucard and it just mimics your movement and attack patterns you have to figure out how to kill it again it's like almost feels like it was created on like a design mechanics kind of thing. Um, there's also, this is probably the most well-known doppelgangers. Um, and although they have fleshed out their characters, I think both of these qualify in, as being doppelgangers in the context that they originally created. The first being Wario, which is obviously <laughs> the doppelganger of Mario, which apparently the first time they made a video game, the designers really kind of created it out of spite because they were tired of like, they're like, why do we have to make just some sort of random antagonist? Like, why does it have to be related to Mario? Which is why he's such a like wacko weirdo. Like, he's not just an evil version of Mario. He's just like, a lot of the Wario games are meta and strange. And they've got all these video game uh, uh, kind of um, 
what mini games and like deconstructed elements like it will almost like if it's like a side scroller like your whole like the screen will be like broken down like they really think about it's like a strange um deconstruction like a decon- of mario a deconstructed mario yeah. yeah and like that's why people love wario is it's like this kind of trolley version of mario um and i like that waluigi was created during the development of mario tennis just because um, they needed a rival for Luigi and they needed a doubles partner for Wario so that when uh, Mario and Luigi play tennis, Wario and someone had to play tennis. So Luigi is absolutely, specifically only existing to be just the opposite of Luigi and doesn't have even the like context that Wario had that it was like disgruntled employees <laughs> um, kind of poking back at um, Mario and... Well, I and think... even the name Wario kind of makes sense because it's the M inverted, right? Like it's the upside down version of Mario. Whereas yeah. like they just, they're, with this one, they were like, we'll just add a W in front of Luigi. Yeah, because we've got a Wario. So there's <laughs> we like called him Wario. Half... Yeah. So... And Waluigi is just so random for that reason. I think people oh, love him love because it. he's just so strange and doesn't really have any context to exist, you know? See, um, sometimes things can just be just for the sake of being fun. Yeah. I love that. Um, but I think those are absolutely uh, doppelgangers in that universe. Um, I have one last thing uh, just to talk about in pop culture. And that's, of course, uh, just a little touchstone with some Dungeons and Dragons, which always sits well uh, in this. Um, I, I found um, basically that it was online, so it wasn't in like my usual monster manual, but there was a version of a greater doppelganger that exists. And basically the the justification that they used for like this power of doppelganger that is that when a greater doppelganger eats the brain of a small or medium humanoid, it gains their memories as well as some of their class abilities. And it can like assume a class temploid uh, or template of um, that humanoid. And um, basically it can like change into their shape. So I love the idea that a like not a not an ordinary doppelganger, but a greater doppelganger could basically eat the brain of the human and more or less become that human. And they can only carry around so many versions. Like I don't know how long it lasts in their system, but like they could be up to twelve people if they like remember eating the brains, or like as long as they can remember the memories that they've taken. It's kind of wild. Right, yeah, yeah. So and there it, isn't a there isn't a doppelganger Pokemon? Uh well, there is Ditto. <laughs> Ditto Ditto is like a shapeshifter that can absolutely present as um like a Pokemon. So it would be like the Ditto version of a Pikachu. It's always like the same, but it has these little tiny dots for eyes. Um, but I feel like Ditto fell into one of our other monsters too. Because when I was doing my prep, I was like, Ditto is a doppelganger, but I think it ended up being something else. Um, so anyway, I think Ditto would qualify, but All there right. isn't more than that. I, don't I mean, at this point, I've just kind of come to expect that there's a Pokemon for every kind of monster. Yeah, I mean, there's so many Pokemon. And I think that's their whole thing is they're constantly mining like mythology to make up new ones. Um yeah. Um, all right. Well, um, you know what, uh, Madrin, I think we should take a little bit of a break. 
Uh, when we get back, I I'm hoping that we're going to be uh, joined by a guest here. Um, you know, I did send out the intern. I told them what time the interview segment was going to be at. We might have to wait here in the studio for a little bit just in until they arrive. But uh, let's just keep our fingers crossed. And uh, when we get back, uh, I I'm pretty sure we're going to have a guest. Let's find out. Great. All right, Madrin, we are back for section three of Monstrology. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I always, I, as I told you, I was expecting uh, our guest to arrive, but I actually right, have, yeah, uh... like you sent out the intern, you gave him all the recording equipment, uh -huh, sent uh -huh. him out. I thought we were going to have somebody. But I actually have a bit of a uh, surprise for you, a bit of a, um, you know how I started off the podcast by saying today I was just really trying to be myself you know really authentically myself right yeah like you didn't um, do a bit at the beginning yeah like i didn't you... do a bit well it turns out i did the greatest bit of all time because i am actually a doppelganger and i have been here the whole time interviewing with you and you have not even noticed not even at all that i am not this one that you know as as veal it is me i have been here the whole time and we have been interviewing for how long would you even say like mm. Over an hour, and you didn't even know the difference. So, wow! Look at you. I, 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 I am shocked. I am speechless. Well, so you're, oh you, yes, you are not Will. Uh no, I am not this one you call Will. But it, let me tell you, I, I like the, the lifestyles that he's been living. It's been very exciting for me. Today, I've been walking around. He's got a fun little dog. You know, I've been doing all these things. And um, yeah, I figured what what better way to feel like I'm being kind of like uh, this Will than to do the whole podcast with you today. Uh, so I did you, hear that you oh, you've ahead. taken over you've taken over Will's life. You've been living as Will for the last few days. Uh, well, yes, just for recently. I did hear, as you know, that he was doing some research looking for a, a, a doppelganger. And so um, I, I realized that he was looking for me. And I thought, well, I'm not going to just respond to his email. Like, I am better than this. I'm not going to be just emailing some guy, you know. So uh, what I did is um, I have a little corgi. I have a little corgi dog. And so I had. Is that was... why you brought up the Queen's corgis? Well, you know, I feel like you brought it up, but yes, sometimes oh. I've had some <clears throat> relation to some corgis. Okay, so I was out in the morning walking my corgi. Okay, and I saw in the morning also this Van Vil also walking his little uh, little Jindo dog. He said, and so our dogs a little a little bit of hangout, and I start observing things, you know, about him, and then um, you know. I'm not going to say exactly like where he is right now because he might be upset with me um, based off where I have put him. He's like pretty much okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so I just like take over his life and I also have little dog. Now it's like I just have two dogs in the apartment. Dogs are allowed here so nobody noticed anything. But basically I met him in the morning and um, now I can just look exactly like him. As you can tell, I can talk like him. Sometimes this is my voice for myself. Uh, but, you know, I can also just do the will voice, you know, Ooh, that's, because I really oh, worked creepy. on it for my whole. But it really, this is me as far as I know. Like, this is the voice that usually when I'm not doppelganging that I can. This is just like my normal, normal. Wow. So for know, like for, for a couple, you met you met Will in a dog park. Your dogs became 
doggy friends and you decided to duplicate him. And so you've been living Will's life for the last couple of days. So like you've been living in his apartment. You've been Mm -hmm. going to, have you been going to his job and pretending to be? I have been doing this job for him. Uh, It's, it's kind of like tiring. I hear that right now he's doing this like waiting of tables. It feels like that, that part of it is not exciting for me. Um, I mean, but, most people I know who are servers, the, it's not their passion, but they do it because they are good at it and they mm-hmm. can make a decent living doing it. But, but I'm, I have to, it's, it, yeah. I'm very good at it. I'm good at oh. uh, making sure that I'm charming, you know, the social elites so that I can move up the ladder. In fact, I think that, uh, quite frankly, uh, by the time I've let Will, like, you know, come back to his own life, he might not even be able to, like, live up to my expectations, you know, that I have so been so So you've set good. a really high standard of personality. You've really endeared yourself to Will's friends and co-workers oh yes oh yes in fact everyone that he meets says wow will you are doing so well right now like wow you have so much money i didn't know you had so much money i'm covering everyone's bills i bought everyone so many lavish gifts in fact um you are the one that is is madrin yes as i know yes from introducing you right? at the start i have a very elaborate gift outside your door right now and so if you would like oh. you can you can go get the gift but um you know you can save it for later if you like but basically i'm giving everyone who's ever is ever known uh fancy gifts and so everyone really loves this version of will and so i feel like it's going to be a lot for him to have to come back to his own life because i'm oh. so good at being well, I... everyone all right so wait but where where are you getting all of the money to be able to buy all of these lavish gifts for everyone that will knows well as you know as we talked about in some parts um is this is not the first person i have Doppelgangs, yes. I am very established. I-, I am very good at, um, you know, going into uh, a city or a little town. Sometimes I start as just like pretending to be farmer, right? Like coming in, just be a farmer. No one looks at the farmer or the, the people taking care of the animals. I love farmers, don't get me wrong. But uh, starting a long time ago, I would come into medieval farm. Then I would work my way up, you know, make friends with somebody who might work by the castle. And then I doppelgang that person. And then sometimes I, I doppelgang a knight. And then I've worked myself up to, to meeting the king. I may have led some monarchies in the past. I've been the king of a couple kingdoms. And, you know, when you invest properly, like, you know, like I, I invest this, uh, what's this, quest trade now. So, you know, I listen yeah, to, yeah. Uh, so I invest properly. And now I am, um, you know, I have a lot of money. And, you know, sometimes you see those people in life like, Oh, who was that one man? That's a doppelganger. He was so annoying. He had so much money and everyone. Oh, a Tommy Vizzo. You know, the Tommy Vizzo from movie Room is a movie uh, The Room. Maybe you not know. Anyway, he's a very famous man. They did a remake, a comedy movie about him. He's a very obnoxious, wealthy person. And everyone would, where do you get your wealth? And I thought, oh, what a terrible doppelganger ruining it for the rest of us. But whatever. Oh, so he wasn't, that wasn't actually him. It was a doppelganger who was impersonating him. Yeah, but also just like, oh, he didn't like, he didn't make any sense. Sometimes I see these people, you know, I, I've spent definitely, I've walked in almost every set of shoes so you know sometimes you know how like in you go see uh hollywood sometimes they have these people on big award shows like seat fillers whatever Mm -hmm. you know i've done that but like it's like when somebody accidentally like double books themselves like brad pitt is in so many movies so like i've been brad pitt for for brad pitt uh because you know they need somebody to be stunt double and i am so good at everything i am excellent stunt double uh i have to make sure that you know they're not worrying too much about that uh 
but oftentimes, even just like personally, like sometimes, you know, Christopher Walken, he was so famous. He had to go on so many dates. Well, he can't go on all those dates. So I would have to go on some of the dates for him and just make sure that I'm I'm keeping up with their, their personal life balance. You know, it's so much for them to do for their career. Sometimes they just have to go and like visit their grandma. And so I was do that for a very like high, high amount of money. You you would go and visit someone's grandma for a a big payday. Yes, a very big payday. Oh, and grandma because, wouldn't notice. No, because as oh. as you can say for yourself, did you ever once even think that this wouldn't be Will that you were talking to? No, time? not at all. And I've known Will a very long time. I I think I think we've been friends close to ten years now. So the, yeah. the fact that you can that that you can impersonate him so. I'm very, I'm very thorough. You know, I will say that sometimes what happens is because uh, because I am double ganging recently. Sometimes my my fancy voice, my real voice, starts turning into my whoever I am duplicating. So if you see any sort of weird uh, voice sounds that sound like Vild, that's why. That's why I sound slightly like Vild right now because it's a recent double ganging. That's the one thing that I find is not sometimes always quite perfect. Like even today. I found as I was doing the interview, sometimes I was stumbling over words. That's just a part of the doppelganging process. You know, it's sometimes it's just like it does not quite collect, uh, connect, you know, properly exactly in my brain. Uh, but otherwise, well, I I'm mean, you, considering that you've only been doppelganging Will for just a few days now, I think it's quite impressive. Mm. Um, now, I, I, I must I, I must apologize. In, in reviewing my notes just now, I was so surprised by your reveal that you are not in fact will i i didn't catch your name do you have uh, a name that i can refer well, to you by this is interesting because like i have existed for so long that um i think that my name is hans but like okay. i do not know for sure because i have double double i have double ganged so many things uh, and been so many people that eventually it's all just this kind of blur. Now, there is some sort of weird theory. I just want to throw this out right away. Is that I am going around eating people's brains. Um, number one, brains are gross. I do not like them. Also, no <laughs> noses are gross as well. And human teeth, all of it is just very gross. But um, I, I think that some of my earliest duple gangs did happen in Germany. And I don't know if it's one of my earliest ones was a person named Hans. And so this is why I talk this way. Or if I am a Hans, it's very confusing to me. I don't understand truly where that came from. You know. So you don't you don't really remember a life of not doppelganging. Yeah, I feel like I've always been excited by moving around and doppelganging. And every time I doppelgang, it's like I take some of their like memories and like who they are and I like bring them into myself and I decide whether I want some or not, you know, and sometimes I just get confused. Like this happens for you, right? And human, when you are a little baby, you can't remember whether something's really happened to you or whether it's like some sort of dream. Does this ever happen to you? Where your memories yes, are like... Yes, sometimes things like that happen where, you know, you hear a story about yourself over and over again by your family members. Like, you know, you hear your mom and your dad and your sisters and your everybody in your family says, oh yeah, when you were a baby, you used to do this. Yeah. And so after a while, you start to imagine yourself having done it. And so you start to think, well, did I actually do that? Is this a memory of something I've done? Or is this just my imagination imagining what that would have been like? Because I've heard this story about myself so often. 
good. Yeah. So this is so is that it's kind of a similar a similar thing for you? Yeah, because I have been so many people and people tell me so many things about the other people that I am being and I have had certain things, but sometimes I cannot tell, is this information I absorb into my doppelganger entity or is this just something that somebody said about this person as I was meeting their friends and stuff, you know? Sometimes it gets a little bit vague, but surely I have been this Hans for as long as I can remember. It must have been one of the very early ones. If not, uh, I don't know. Sometimes uh, we were talking as as I was being this Will, uh, he had done some research, which is what I am, you know, we said today on podcast. He had written out all these notes and so I'm going through and whatever. But, you know, I do not know. Some of the notes said, you know, you could be like shadow person. So I don't know if I am like some sort of shadow person, a real person, or if I, you know, if I'm so, sort of demon, you know, I, I don't... Um, I don't have big scary teeth, but um, you know, as you could tell, I can be in this form called Vil, or I can show you, you know, some other forms here. So here is my form of me as Hans, as you can tell, you know. So yeah, this is okay, Hans. yeah. Oh, so for for our listener, Hans is a pretty. He seems tall. He's quite muscular, blonde hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, I'm wearing Lederhosen. So yes, right, like, yeah, really and the Lederhosen yep. tells you what kind of. Just like this is Hans, he's very strong, strapping man and always will be forever because I just choose this age for myself. But, you know, I can also be very scary demon. Like if I choose to do this, you know, it might just oh. terrify you. Yes. Mm. So I, I find you know, I'll just, just shift back to Phil. Okay, thank this you. Is more, thank you. This was, is there were a lot. Of, that was a lot of teeth. Yes, and teeth in places you're not expecting. That you're not supposed to have <laughs> no, teeth. I, yeah, but cool. I do when I'm some. So I don't think that's my early form, though. I just doppelganged a demon once. That man was very interesting, but uh, he was he's like strange things. Like he's like he likes all the weird things that no one should be doing on planet Earth anymore. So I don't know what his yeah. deal was. So does that mean that you can double for things that are not human? Like you just said that you you doubled mm-hmm. a demon once like do you think perhaps now you could double a cat or a bird well, this is or... an interesting question because i never double animals i feel like i was able to double google Flash because he had a humanoid form you know and that was that was the demon yes google okay Flat. he, google he had okay. yes well close enough uh, it's it's he he was he had you know the, the one with so many teeth but if i'll just shift back to that one for a second here okay so as you can see oh, just, yeah but look so if you just like don't look away i know that right now you're cowering in the corner but if you could just not so like there's like you could see this is where like kind of the shoulders would be and i still have this like necky bit it's very like to the left but anyway right. i'll just shift back okay yeah, so okay. the point cool. is underneath that horrifying demonic uh, exoskeleton is like humanoid structure so for me it must be like human resembling otherwise i can't like i don't know it's like um you ever see those things in superhero movies where somebody like tries to use the superpowers and they just can't do it and they just like stand there like an idiot Yes. No, they can't like change or they can't like jump off building. They just fall down. So for me, like, is it humanoid? I think I can do it. I just, I just can transform and I have to like, you know, still study and learn. But with cats, like uh, sometimes I look at cats and think like, oh, you're a majestic creature. I would like to transform into cat. And I, I always just, I feel like I stand there like an idiot and I can't 
transform into cat. And so uh, animals are truly uh, remarkable for me in this way. You know, humans are just whatever, kind of like mm, disposable and like <laughs> useful to me and like funny looking with their weird noses. But we like, do have weird noses. Yeah, but yeah. like we were the, talking about that. Earlier. Animals extraordinary because if you can't be doppled by me, then like wow, good for you. I, that that makes a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering when you are doubling someone. Most human beings have a, a particular set of skills that are relatively unique to them. So Will, for instance, I know that he plays guitar uh, and he's quite skilled at music production, sound production, things like that as well. So uh, when you're doubling someone and you know that they have a, a specific skill set, do you have to train on that skill set or do you somehow inherently also adopt their skill set when you double them like so for instance if you were to pick up will's guitar and try to play right now would you be at the same talent level as will Mm, it's hard to say because i did not observe will do this he was not playing guitar for a couple days that i was watching him outside his window but um wait doesn't will live how did you watch him outside of his window? I think he lives well, on like the sixth floor or something. I'm a very good climber. I can, oh. I'm, I've, I've done, I was once, oh, I, I, I once doppelganged for this man. He is an incredible climber. He did this movie called The Free Solo. I think you saw Free Solo, a man who climbs mountain with, with no harness. Anyway, I doppelganged oh. him for a little while. So I'm a credible climber and I just did it in the dead of night and I just hide around in corners and I can blend in well with other things. You know, I just look like a neighbor of whatever anyway i did not observe him play guitar which makes it slightly more difficult i would say is that when i do getting into the body sometimes you have these things like um it's like a really good uh, muscle memory but uh, it's only like 50 percent. and if i observe if i see with my eyes and i can really see it's like perfect basically so oh, like, okay I observe Will walking around. I can walk exactly like Will. Or I see him sleeping. I see him, you know, feed his dog. I feed his dog perfectly. His dog is very happy eating all these foods. But I not see him play guitar. So if I was to pick up guitar right now, I could play, mm, I don't know, 50% is good. So I don't know how good he is. 50% of that is probably like, okay, you know? So you have to observe the person that you're duplicating do those skills. Because then you see this this thought process really like move to their brain and their body. And I get the sense of like where it's coming from, you know? I don't need to go inside the body. I'm not like some sort of like weird spirit, okay? Like I'm not possessing somebody to learn i just learn with my eyes and after you know a few thousand years like you eventually you just like figure it out so if we were to see someone who is famous for a a particular skill set so let's say serena williams is probably the world's greatest tennis player Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if we were to you know, if all of a sudden she were to play a match and it's just playing horribly and it's it's inexplicable, there's no reason why she would play like this. Are you saying that there's perhaps a chance that someone is duplicating well, her and just never saw just her say, play? Let's just say that I have resuscitated several careers over the years, you know, like... um. Who is this? Eminem, you know, Eminem, Eminem. So he keeps coming up with these albums and he keeps saying he retires. And then every couple of years he calls me and he says, 
uh, Hans, like, I know that I said it would be the last time, but can you make me uh, one more fancy hip-hop album that can go, you know, triple platinum or whatever? And I say, well, how much money will you give me? And it's always a lot of money. And we always, like, you know, revive his career for a little while. And he can learn, like, pretty good, like, what I do. But let's be honest, it never sounds as good as the album, does it, right? Like, you go to see him live, it's because it's me on the album. You know how sometimes you listen to artists and it's better on the album it's usually it's usually a doppelganger because they have learned but they have other skills you know and and you hear about uh ghost writers oftentimes it's a doppelganger we have all these amazing you know i just feel like i i don't want to say who but let's just say like mm, i don't know like think of what is hollywood actor for you that make big comeback that you think wow where does this come from you went like crazy and now you're you have returned and you are better than ever um well Robert Downey Jr. really comes to mind you know in the early 90s he was doing some good movie work but he was really plagued by his by his drug addiction problem and Um, kind of disappeared for several years and then all of a sudden bam he's Iron Man yeah I will not say who but truly that man died so long ago I don't know if it was in his darkest time maybe this is inappropriate for me to say is that rude to say that man he did not do well he he'd die in a ditch but before that he had been observed and so uh yes there is at least one doppelganger in the um how you say uh Avengers you know yes Avengers Avengers. ah yes the Avengers yes so uh you know uh, that's why he's so charismatic and confident and capable and he does so well in the Hollywood system and it felt like he really came out of nowhere because like he kind of did but like now he said oh he said I don't want to do those anymore but truly like all humans would want to do forever but just doppelgangers over it you know just them see you or whatever so it seems like you you know many other doppelgangers it seems like there's kind of a, a society of, oh yes of them. we have a big group chat you know oh. uh, we have a group chat and sometimes we <laughs> like send a whatsapp for doppelgangers yes but uh, we had to kick some people out of the group chat because oh. they were doing things that are like ugh, gross right gross i'm not saying like gross like evil sometimes evil is fun like haha we watch this man he punched himself in the face and whatever but it's just like sometimes people do things that are gross and we don't like that so i am part of oh, a like more what? like uh well you know sometimes you know when you hear a horrible news story a person you know goes on random murdering spree or all of these terrible things sometimes just duple gang take over somebody do terrible things to their life and then just like let them come back and then they say oh i don't remember doing these things i feel like i just went crazy for 24 hours and all these dead people and sometimes quite frankly that is duple so this is dark reality of sometimes Doppelganger is not good. We try, Ooh. you know, in the group chat, you know, I can't tell a doppelganger what to do because murder is just like, you know, as we say, humans disposable. But like, it's not very cool, is it? Like, it's not cool to go and like murder 40 people. No, like, I'm we definitely, don't... we as human beings frown upon that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, so for us, it really like damages reputation and just like fun loving doppelgangers, which we are. Uh, we just try to like, you know, enjoy the best out of life. Uh, this has been some dark, dark times in human history. And just like, it's kind of a bummer, you know? I don't, yes. I, I do not care for those times. So we rather just like, focus on the good times we have a lot of like funny ha-has in the group chat and we just focus on that 
So you're here for a good time, not a long time. Well, I've been here for a good time and also a long time, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. so I just don't like to compromise. Sometimes you have phases where you're like, oh, I'm not proud of this phase. You know, I was wearing certain outfits that now look silly. Like, there was such a frilly phase with so many frills, but we're not frill anymore, you know. Now oh, just... like when you were like when you were impersonating a king, there would have been a lot of, you know, yes. neck ruffs and things like yes. that. Yes, okay. it was so okay. itchy. I don't know this fit. It was not great. I liked once I, I was a big fan of when humans found clothing. I think that was good. But they just like, you know, sometimes they just went down to deep end and nobody would like to wear that, you know. You, you weren't really a big fan of the buckled shoes and No, the buckled shoes. Or what is this, uh, the Borat movies? They come up with banana hammock. People walking around with a <laughs> banana hammock. So I, tried, I don't think there were actually a lot of people tried, who would walk around like that, though. Uh, I tried once. It was not for me. Let's just say, you know, it was yeah. It was uncomfortable. We all appreciate that. I don't understand. That. Yeah, it was, um, it was dark, dark timeline, I think. Are you... Are you always doppelganging someone or do you have uh, your own natural form? Like, do you, like, maybe do you take a vacation from doppelganging? You just want to be, you just want to be Hans. You just want to be regular old you. Do you have a natural uh, form or are you I, always do- doppelganging someone? The question is like, Hans is like default form. Like I go back to Hans, but like, I don't even know. Like, I always have to be in some sort of form. I cannot just be like, mm, ball of light. You know, like sure. if I just stop being things, I I don't know. I just would probably drop dead. I must. So if something. you're not actively trying to to duplicate someone, you go back. So you think maybe Hans is your original form, or that's Hans just is, the one that you Hans remember. Hans is one the of most. the earliest ones that I remember the most, which is fine for okay. me because it feels like I've done it for so long. And like the more that I hear about doppelgangers, like it seems to have some sort of like german history which makes me feel like the most like myself you know which is nice i feel most comfortable when i'm just being hans and just like having a nice you know hangout with some other friends you know uh but is this is it's impossible for me to know because it's been so long like i cannot remember a time before hans does this make sense to you it's yes. hans's earliest version but uh maybe there was a Hans. do you think there was a hans it's entirely possible. I don't know. I mean, that's that's part of the reason why we like interviewing these mythological creatures directly is that we get right to to the root of it. Um, have you, have you I mean, it's entirely any possible. Any other doppelgangers? No other doppelgangers? And not as far as we know, but I mean, you you've told us that you can take on the form of anything that is kind of humanoid. So yes. I, it's it's perhaps possible that we along the way we're duped and we thought we were say interviewing a vampire but that was mm-hmm. actually a doppelganger impersonating a vampire yes, but i mean as far as possible. we know as far as we know you are our first doppelganger uh i i think so, i think that's it yes it is interesting because i feel like times have changed like i used to do more terrible things at first like hans had faced the beginning but he was doing things like very like taboo things you know but like it's just like I grew out of doing that. But I don't know. I feel like if it were Vaz human Hans, he's been dead for so long. Like humans, you guys, uh, you die immediately. Like how do you even learn uh, how to do skills when you're just dying all the time? Uh, well, I think it's all. I think it's all relative. 
I suppose you know you to live us longer uh, than like fly you live longer than right fly, right I was gonna say to, to us a, a housefly has a very short lifespan but that's all that the housefly knows right so for yeah. us to live you know generally humans live about 80 85 years you know sometimes more than that uh mm. you know some people you hear stories now of people living to be 100 mm. um, I often wonder how this age will apply to me because you know I pick whatever age I want to be and so uh, I've never had once I did I uh, I was rather like weak pudgy German boy um blugel blugel boy and Blue, so I I was blugel boy a little German boy and I got stabbed so many times that I was like I was spouting the blood all over the place and I was thinking like wow I started seeing some like you know, white in the clouds and like, uh, it's just like I had some sort of like outer body experience. But then I was like, this blue girl, I was like, ow, like this hurts a lot being stabbed and like rolling around in pool of blood. And so I just transformed back into my demon self and just scared away and and I was healed instantly. So I don't know if I will ever die unless I want to. So you, but so that means that you do remember being kind of a demon form well that was just the van with the many teeth you know this one. Oh, this van uh, yeah yeah so, yep. so anyway back so to many build. teeth so yes uh so i can that's the one so that i have that's an earlier memory but that i do not think is as early as hans so maybe hans had encountered this demon i don't hmm. know maybe hans was great demon slayer he is very uh, oh, very strong he's very strong he's very, very strong. muscular yes yes uh, rather yes thor like build yes <laughs> oh this this sore yes he's so silly yeah it's, oh, well anyway just to say part of the group chat anyway uh <laughs> yeah he's very good at what he does you know um uh, i i would be rather remiss as a co-host and friend <laughs> if i yes. didn't inquire as to will's well-being uh, well, well i because it sounds like you've taken mm. over his like completely taken over his life over the last few days right you're going to work on his behalf you're living yeah. in his apartment you're taking care of his dog right he's, yeah he's, he really loves is, his dog well i like his dog and now the dogs okay. are playing together you know as I have okay that's good that, i mean as I long as as long as his dog is happy as i know I he just he you. really loves his dog i just so i feel like i need to inquire as to mm. will's well-being whether well, or not he's safe and well that he is trapped in a certain space you know it's my usual trapping lair i keep in almost every city i have little like trap space so i can trap people as i duplicate them but he's not going to be like all injured because that would be very uncool and i wouldn't want to but he was like saying like is this a holiday for you see as a family is coming around the corner yes next week and he is a big fan of um you know, a uh, scary day and uh, Halloween. Well, and his birthday yeah, is so, coming up. Uh, I suppose, like, what? You think I should free him for this time? Like, I mean, he really, especially, it's just for him to, to miss out on actively participating in his life. Of all, I mean, I generally, I don't think he would enjoy that at all. But October is very important for Will. It's, it's his birthday. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving is when he mm-hmm. usually sees some of ex- his extended family he doesn't really see and then halloween mm, is a big deal for both of us we both really love halloween we like mm. dressing up 
we like decorations. Uh, okay. I think it really... Okay, Von, you call Madrin. Okay, so here's the thing. I will just be in this video for a couple more days. You know, I just am usually jumping around, honestly. Like, he's cool, but like, this is other people I could be. Uh, I want to call sure. you to have fun meeting this other dog. The caller says Banksy is so fun. This little yes. I, I mean, so... I do. I think Banksy would appreciate having met a new doggy friend for the last couple yeah. of days. And he, he was like confused by me for a little bit. Like, as I said to you, animals, they like blow my mind. Like he, other like neighbors or like family members, or even like you, like humans, like no one thinks, you know, I am not this one called Will. Banksy is this dog. He knows right away. He's like, you are not this Will. And then I had to really work oh. at it. And now it's like, he thinks maybe I am like relative, you know, like okay. I, I can, I can get my smell to be similar. But sometimes dogs, animals, like they know right away. It's it's crazy. It blows. Yes, mind. yes. I my cat knows immediately if she likes or dislikes a person. So yeah, I I would agree with that. Um. So have you met Will's family? Like, I wonder just how far mm -hmm. you can take this. Do you think? Well, do you think like if? Because like everyone, I I would say I would say that Will is pretty is pretty close with his parents, and so do you think? If you were to meet his mom or his dad, maybe mm. they might pick up on something. This is interesting. I could like, maybe I'll do that tomorrow. I like will release will by this time you call Thanksgiving, whatever. That's fine. I like do not want to. It's very uncool to like ruin whole life because then the thing here, here is ultimately thing, uh, Madrin. If I doppelgang someone and terrible things happen all of a sudden, it asks people to start asking all these questions i do not want people asking questions you know and this veil i feel like he likes these monsters these spooky things part of him might even just like accept like it's okay like i just go back to life there was no big deal you know i mean the nature of our podcast is that we meet a different kind of monster every other week and we bring it on ourselves right we invite this into our lives so yeah. i think I think once Will realizes that he's not in any danger and that you yeah. haven't really left any permanent impact actually, on his life, he, he yeah. might actually enjoy that this has happened to yes, him. I'll I have, have to been, ask him. I have been giving him many excellent meals. In fact, like my trapping space is like very nice. Like it's like we've have um you can watch all these movies, you know. Oh, he and loves I have, movies. I have doppelganged as many uh, chefs, so I have been making him like five course meals like i leave oh. them in the fridge like i can't like be there all the time but it's like really nice tv dinner of you know like a high level food so he's eating very well you know he keeps saying like who are you and why are you trapping me and why are you getting me all these nice gifts as you shall see when you open your gifts from me it's right, very yes. nice i'll have um, to do that when we wrap up yes there, yeah. but the gifts really help you know i find sometimes people are like well i want to be mad at you but you just bought me a new ferrari so like i missed three days of my life but like wait is there a ferrari I... on my front step well there's not right now but like what are you gonna make a big stink about me taking over this bill's life because like sometimes i just buy people ferrari for me it's oh like... no if you've bought me a ferrari you can hang on to will as long as you like wow okay well i should tell him <laughs> that you said that and i shall make sure that he knows and i will keep him for one extra day and i shall tell him right. that you told me to i mean i think i think if he knew a ferrari was involved he'd be okay with it 
Okay, well, maybe maybe everyone will get a Ferrari, and this would be oh. nice. I have so many. I just the real thing is uh, purchasing Ferrari, no problem. You know, it's the storing it, it's the people asking questions. So, like, if you drive Ferrari, and let's say I get you Ferrari, do not do thing where you go so fast and the police pull you over and ask where you got Ferrari. Like, you will be in trouble because let me tell you, there's no paperwork under Hans. Okay, it's just it's just Ferrari. That's all. You just go and you're like, I would like a, a Ferrari. Here's $200,000 cash. Yeah, as they say, fast. it has to be credit card. And I say, what if I just give you twice as much cash? Who cares? And they say, okay. And usually say, just keep it. Oh, I this might be Ferrari. problematic for me, though, because I tend to live a relatively Spartan life. So if a, a Ferrari shows up in front of my house, people might question where it oh well you might want to um take that gift then off the front porch because the gift is like maybe going to draw attention to you like maybe you should like just be careful just saying that people might be excited well now i'm just dying to know what it is well yeah it's something for you to look forward to you can tell uh this will i hope you know i probably i'll probably free him so you can do another episode of this podcast i have found it useful in my doppelganging sometimes i listen and think like oh maybe i could be this thing but only the human ones you know i was looking back at catalog for pretending to be like will and so that's why i could figure his his things like he says uh you know he comes back and he says so and and like he's got little like catchphrases phrases that i like have learned you know yes definitely yeah uh well hans it has been incredible talking to you i i just cannot get over just how closely you resemble will i mean the it's right down to every hair every freckle you look oh, thank exactly you. thank like you so him. much it's, yes I it's try. quite a mm-hmm. quite a remarkable it is, talent it is a, perf- a perfect you know duple I, I would say is that the physical is is instant sometimes the voice gets a little bit silly as i said but you know for the most part like no one would ever notice no no it's incredible uh well now is the time that i would like to promote a little service that we have here on our monstrology podcast have you heard of this, Hans? It's called Oh, is this like I, Oh, I thought that you had a thing and a segment where you said with your dying breath. I listened to one episode and, and the veil said that it was your idea, the dying breath. Yes, segment. it was my idea. I insisted that we do this. Yes, we had something where like, we would it sounds like promote, I've heard this part. Yes, we did a segment where we, with our dying breath in the most dramatic way possible, would promote something that we were thinking about that week or something that we really wanted to promote to our listeners and we've we've tweaked it a little bit so now okay. our segment is called it is our coffee break oh, it's a coffee break for the coffees yes. for the caffeines and this. yes okay. and so uh this is for any of our listeners who enjoy listening to this monstrology podcast we get quality guests like our friend hans here thank you so much yes i am very high quality just so you know you cannot see me because it's just some sort of audio thing but i am in very lavish specific clothing that is very lavish and nice quality you know and so for our listeners if you have enjoyed listening to monstrology if you would go to coffee.com slash monstrology it's ko-fi.com slash monstrology but you can just maybe, give you coffees or maybe I well should everybody give you people could give us five dollars uh or more if they feel like it which mm-hmm. is the cost of uh, a cup of coffee and be like you could buy a will and me a cup of coffee in order to keep yeah. monstrology going keep it on the yes. air 
just talking about these oh, very sort of, important monsters. This reminds me, as I was putting uh, Seville in my trapping space, which is like, you know, um, well, let me just say, like, there's some subway stations in the city of Toronto people not use anymore, so they're very convenient. I get to them fairly easily. Anyway, he's somewhere underground, let's say. I will not say which. Do not look for him. It won't, you won't be able to find him. I'll be gone by then. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> he kept shouting at me and saying, uh, uh, Hans, because uh, I was as Hans, you know, for a little while to be like, this is the deal, man. We're cool. Like, it's going to be fine. And you were polite enough to tell him your name. It's nice to know the name of yeah, your captors. Well, I just figured, like, he'd be more cool about it. Like, as yeah. I said in group chat, it's more like funny. Ha ha. Like, look at me, Hans and this guy. It's weird if he's all scared of the photo. It's like awkward. Words. so but he kept saying like hey please uh he said in his veal voice hey uh just so you guys know uh he was saying he was like he was like kind of urgent about it but he wanted everyone to know like that that he's doing a big like monster bracket in the month of yes. october like some sort of monstrology matchup bracket and i said to him like this is what are you talking about like why would oh people yes just, we're like, very like one side or the other and he kept saying well people love halloween it's a halloween month and so you know people are gonna want to pick which monster from this year's you know monsters of monstrology is the best and i said this is silly but he kept saying that people love viral things like that but just like people do with potato chips or whatever so he said absolutely to make sure. well people human beings have we tend to have opinions about pretty much everything mm. in the world and so yes will has created this monster mashup bracket uh okay. monster bash for the uh, the month of october and so our listeners can go and look at all of the different pairings and vote on who they think is the better monster until we come up with ultimately the best monster that has been featured on Monstrology. Wow. So just so you know, just to campaign for myself as doppelganger. So obviously, like, I cannot turn into some of the other monsters. But just know, like, if you see human monster, like, I could do probably, you know, I now I feel like I'm losing, like, being braggy. But, you know, if for power's sake, like, doppelganger, like, very powerful, like... You have to trust Madrin when I say that my teeth, like a demon form, is very They scary. were disgusting. So, it was, So that yes. could be, you know powerful yes. thing yeah um and, cons so yeah. we also like to promote the stuff that's going on in our lives that like we're we're into so if you've got any kind of like show or mm -hmm. uh a movie that or perhaps like just you know anything in your life that you think the people should know about do you is there anything that you can think of that you think they should mm. um they'd be this interested is, in this is good questions that you have uh, you know, I feel like um, I um, have spent some time, like, uh, hanging out uh, with this guy, uh, Guillermo del Toro, you know, this man. Oh, yeah. I yeah, give yeah. him many, like, well, ideas. Well, not personally. Like, but... He's fun to you not know him. Not per not personally. I, I definitely know his oh, work. Know I think him. some of his work is very intriguing and and uh yes, he's he's quite a popular director he has here. A TV show coming out, uh Cabinets of Curiosities that just looks cool mm -hmm. to me because like I give him all these ideas from the very many ideas of like lives I have lived. But um, you know, if I was to just like pitch like you know, you have different actors, you know, performers and sometimes people that you know, like if I was just to tell you like all the movies I was a part of, we, we would be here forever, you know? Like, you know, um, 
uh, how you say, mm, what is this movie? Forrest Gump. I was in the Forrest Gump. I was the Forrest, you know, I was in that movie. <laughs> Um, I was the Tom Hanks. Many of Tom Hanks is just me because this oh. man, as he said, he had a quote. It's actually, quite a, he has quite a prolific uh, he, movie he is, catalog. Tom, the Tom Hanks is is apparently he is writing book right now, and there is big uh, news story right now where he says I've only been a part of like four good movies, and everyone is like saying, "Val Tom Hanks, like you've been a part of way more than four movies." And I'm here to tell you, like he's only been in four of them, so the rest of them for all me. And oh. that's why that quote sounds so. And that's like, why he's oh, so cuff. the four that he's been in, he thinks are good. Yeah, so I recommend TV show by my friend, which is really just like stories from my life. And also, I guess you can just go see Tom Hanks things because really it's just it's me. It so. really is just you. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I'm i feeling very much in the October Halloween-y spirit. It's absolutely my favorite time of year. I've already, I've already done some Halloween-y things. Um, so I would like to promote uh, the... Halloween spooktacular light show. Okay. Uh, there's so one there's one in Mississauga. Oh, it's pretty spectacular. There's one in Mississauga. I went to the one in Richmond Hill. It's a, a lights show that you drive through and it's all Halloween themed. So it's all just made out of lights, but there's a haunted house, there are witches, there are cats. You can even tune into a radio station and listen to Halloween-y scary music as you're driving through this thing i think my favorite one was the headless horseman they have it's a full size like it's the size of a horse with a headless horseman on it and because of the lights and the movement of it it looks like he's taking off his head and putting it back on again and taking it off can can beat i just drive through with my ferrari no problem and you as long as you have a car it doesn't matter what your car is you can drive through yep okay they'll actually and they let you go through twice oh yeah and i i Maybe I was I into should... it. Yeah, we went, we drove through twice because I, I was having such a good time. I thought it was just like, it is just, it's the right level of cheesy goodness. And mm. I was so into it. We went through twice it's and like I was a, really glad that we like did. It's like a Gouda cheese? Uh, no, sorry. No, cheesy is a, is kind of a human English term that means silly, campy, oh. a little, a little low. It would be good budget. on the group chat. Yeah. So I go through, yes. I do the ride. I'm showing people silly, silly things on the group chat. Yeah. Perfect for yeah. Okay. But I'm so glad that I went through twice because I actually did see some different light displays in the second time around that I had missed the first time because I was so distracted by the thing next to it. Maybe I'll take this fun you call Will, right? He cool guy. Would he come for Ferrari trip to spooky place? I think if you took him on anything Halloween themed, especially in a Ferrari, he would absolutely okay. Okay, maybe it's it. as good. I'll just take him for trip and then just say, okay, you can have your life back. No problem. He'd love that. He would love yeah, that. Cool. You know, and I think that that would be a good, you know, uh, a good bow to tie up his experience of being doppelganged. Yeah. If that's, I don't know. Yeah, is that a I mean, Well, we just, I just say duped, you know, I just say, okay. I, du- I, I duped them, duped you know, him? I yeah. duped them. You so know, I think perhaps going silly for humans, a ride. Are duped all the time. Yeah, but but you know, taking him for a ride, one in a Ferrari, and then two through something that's Halloween themed, I think he would really enjoy that, and it would just be, I think, a nice, a nice wrap up to his dupe experience. Yeah, okay, so that's good. I I should Great. take him on trip after duping him. Just well, good. I think yeah, I think he would love that. All right, well, thank you all very much to all of our monstrology monstrology listeners, uh, Hans. Thank you so much for 
taking care of Will's dog and taking such good care of his life while you have been duping him. Yes, I was happy to dupe him. And it's, it's, it's fortunate that I was able to meet you. I feel like I learned like maybe even like a little bit about myself, you know, like such oh, a lot think about. Very existential of you. Yes, thank strange, you. I appreciate I that. Like it. I really appreciate that. Maybe I come back sometime. Who knows? Who says? And you know what? We might not, not even sad. ever know. Unless, unless you tell That's us. That's true. Even, I can come back know. at any time and you not even know. Like I could do a whole episode know. and like listeners could maybe a whole episode be thinking like, I do not know. Is this the one they call Will or is this Hans? Like now, like I just want you to think like on every episode you ever listen to, like could be Hans. Like could you do not be. know. All right. Well, thank you all very much. And uh, listen to our next episode of Monstrology where hopefully I will be joined by my co-host Will. But uh, as shown today, I will never really 100% know for sure. Yeah. All right. What do you Bye. say now? Or say goodbye. Uh, dupe you later. Goodbye. <laughs>Monstrology is homegrown Canadian content, co-hosted by Will King and Madrin McCabe, edited and produced by Will King, and distributed on the Podbean platform. As a young hatchling podcast, it means a lot to us if you rate, review, and subscribe to Monstrology on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever your monsters are found.